coming up on the Cubes of Saturdays podcast. Or <laughs> you throw someone uh, over your shoulder, kind of. Wow. Uh, so yeah, the goal is to get them on the ground and have you still be standing. everybody and welcome back to episode five i believe of the cube stuff saturday's podcast still season two and today i have a very special guest crazy cuban carol on youtube hi thanks for having me yeah appreciate you coming on so like i do with all the other guests um i just have some discussion points and questions i want to touch upon here and i want to make this as like a conversation as possible not like an interview because um that that wouldn't be as fun but yeah um are you ready to begin yeah obviously your youtube channel is big that's what a lot of people know you by but um can we just dive a little bit deep into um the origins the origin story of the name of your channel i don't know if you've talked about this in the q a or not oh um yeah so i don't actually okay let me think so when i first created the channel uh i didn't really know what to call it but i did have the nickname of like being called crazy just because i'm like kind of stupid sometimes you know uh, and because i'm cubing and those uh, words all happen to start with the letter c if you put them together it's three c's which is cubed and i was like oh this could kind of be a pun because i'm cubing you know yeah. i see it's like an alliter- it's like alliteration there i think that's what you call it in literature yeah yeah did you get any inspiration from like crazy bad cuber or something because i feel like your names are kind of similar in <laughs> no i didn't sense. actually uh yeah i really didn't <laughs> okay well it's a good name though i i guess it kind of rolls in the tongue yeah it's convenient because it's cubed you know on the same note you're almost at 10k subs i just checked this morning and you're at like 9.9 i believe so what's your thoughts on that 10k yeah, subs almost. it's pretty crazy honestly um it's kind of hard to uh like predict the subs you get because you know you never know like who's interested in what so really i don't i try not to you know pay attention too much to the number of subscribers because if you pay too much attention to that then you just end up making content that you don't like to try to get subscribers so if you just you know produce what you think is fun then other people will find it entertaining because they can tell that you're enjoying what you're making so yeah it's pretty exciting though yeah 100 percent agree with that i mean sometimes it's really hard not to look at the numbers um and i, I think just um, exponential growth like that—that's that, pretty good. Um, how long have you been? Do- how long have you been doing YouTube? Would you say about? Uh, I started in December of 2015, so about like four years, because you know I started at the end of 2015. Okay, and then for cubing, did you start around that same time too? Uh, I started a few months before, in like I think May of 2015. Okay. All right, nice. Yeah, I started around the same time. I'd say, I believe. I started around August 2015, then I went to my first comp in November 2015. Um, so I, I guess we sort of started around this, uh, like a similar point. Mm-hmm. That's like when cubes were fully non-magnetic, like um, th- there, it wasn't advanced much. Um, I don't know. I used my first uh, cube was a Moyu Tanglong. Do you remember that cube? Yes, I actually used that cube as well. Oh, well, at my first comp Manhasset Fall 2015, I used a brown cube. It had brown plastic. I don't know if you've <laughs> seen those types. Yeah, uh, I think I ended up giving it away like two years after. Um, any interesting stories back then and uh, when you first started cubing? Yeah, so um, so you said your first competition was Manhasset 2015? Yeah. Mine was Manhasset 2016. Uh, I believe it was okay. in the spring or something like that. Yeah, I went to that one too. Yeah, I filmed 
a like kind of a short competition video, but I did really bad because I was like nervous. Mm. At the time, I was averaging like 25 seconds, I think. Okay. But my first ever official solve, I got like a minute because I messed up twice on PLL Ooh. and it was like an A perm too. So yeah, that was great. Mm. I think I, I think I remember seeing that competition video before it was, um, I think I watched the whole way through, honestly, is that one, is that one, uh, is that one successful right now? The video? Uh, I'm not really sure. It's a pretty old video. So I feel like people tend to watch the more recent competition vlogs from, you know, when we could still go to competitions, Yeah. but people do watch that video quite often. I feel like. Yeah, I guess it, you can see how much you've grown throughout the channel and all that. So. And you were using your phone back then. Do you still use your phone for um, filming? I do still uh, use a phone. So I kind of have a setup. So I recently got uh, an iPhone 11, which has a better camera, which is the main reason why uh, it was nice. And uh, also when I'm at competitions, I use a GoPro sometimes to actually okay. film the solves. Yeah, nice uh, nice cameras there. Uh, I have a GoPro as well. I think, I think the phone is a great option. Like the iPhone 11, it can do 4K, I believe, right? Yeah, it can. Yeah still i mean great quality compared to a dslr like for me personally when i create my videos i recently upgraded to a canon m50 i don't know it's um i don't know if you're aware it's like a dslr um it's 500 dollars. like i know it seems like a lot but in like the camera world it's not very much mm -hmm. um but yeah i, I upgraded for my phone because i've been using that for a while as well but uh do you ever see yourself upgrading at all your equipment or do people just know you for having the quality and content stuff that you have right now i mean i probably sh like should start using a like a, a regular camera instead of just a phone sometime in the future but for right now i'm pretty satisfied with the phone quality because like you said it's it's really good at the same time uh what was that breakthrough video that gave your channel all that traction because i remember looking back a couple years ago and i saw you were i think i think when i started talking i talked to you at like 27 2017 mm -hmm. i believe and you were at like a couple hundred subscribers so what was that breakthrough video um, honestly, I can't think of a specific video, but I know the videos that tend to that tended to like boost my channel a bit more were the sort of skit videos, like you know the ten things non cubers oh, yeah. do videos. Yeah. Those people, like people who watch my videos, they love those videos. Um, yeah. yeah, they tend to get like a lot more views than some of the other types of videos, and people also tend to like unboxings. But you know, sometimes it's hard to predict. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I think the skits, people, um, I think it's a unique thing for cubing. And um, I don't know, I, I watched a couple of your skits. They, they were really, really good. Thanks. Um, One yeah. thing also that uh, is that because I do 10 things non-cubers do, it's usually only cubers who can relate. And then all the non-cubers who happen to stumble across the video just get really offended. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, at least you get some traction for that. Like, mm -hmm. I think you, have, you got a couple thousand, a hundred thousand views or so, but it's good you get like a mixed audience. I guess you're bringing in two different uh audiences there mm -hmm. yeah and then was it about a year ago or so i'm not sure that you got sponsored by the cubicle yeah so um first i started off as a youtube tester so they would just send me the newest cubes and i would review them but then later they changed uh me to be a sponsor which was pretty recent okay so how did that go about like did they contact you first or did you ask them uh yeah so First, I think it was I contacted them for a giveaway of some sort, and uh, they helped me give away like some gift cards or something. And uh, they were like, hey, would you be interested in being a YouTube tester? And I was like, yeah, of course, I would want to be a YouTube tester. 
And then uh, later on, they contacted me and was like, hey, uh, would you like to be a sponsor for this, uh, for our company? And I was like, yeah. That's that's great. That's like every keyword's dream, I guess. But um, would you? What were what are the benefits of being sponsored for a YouTuber? Yeah, so uh, I think there's a lot of benefits. For one, I just you basically just contact them and they send you cubes for free, and you get a small amount of compensation for the videos. And then in return, you make videos uh, reviewing the cubes and just sort of promoting their company. So yeah. yeah, you get basically whatever puzzles you would like, uh, but of course you have to make a video because that's the deal. Yeah, yeah, and uh, there's like no magic number about how many subscribers you can get. I, I'm pretty sure because, like, um, as long as you get traction on your videos, I'd say, because I mean, you started you you got sponsored by the Cubicle, I believe, when you were at at least like 1K, I believe. Uh, I think this might have might have been when I became a tester, and then sponsor okay. was a few oh, months right. ago. Okay. Yeah. Well, great accomplishment. I'd say I can see you guys working uh, together, the cubicle and you um, for more videos. And yeah, definitely became something I think in your channel that definitely boosted the traction. A little yeah. Bit more. Okay. So this is the last thing I just want to talk about your YouTube because I know there's other things in life other than YouTube for you at least. Um, Cause I don't want to keep bombarding you with questions about that. But last thing is, um, so can you just walk me through how you would, uh, go about making a video so like let's say you wake up one day and you have a video idea um, you're like oh this maybe I can review this cube or comparing it or something then how would you go about the process of like filming editing and then publishing it on YouTube so what's your process doing that yeah so it depends uh, on the type of video I want to make so if it's an unboxing it tends to be a little bit quicker to film uh, because it's pretty straightforward uh, I film just at a table and just have a tripod in front of me uh, and some basic lights and okay. I just sort of unbox the puzzles talk about what I think and then yeah it takes me anywhere between like 10 to 20 minutes to film depending on how big the package is really okay and then uh, when I edit it editing for unboxings are also pretty straightforward I kind of just string together the footage and then I upload it but if it's for something more complicated like a skit uh, I sort of write out a script for it or something like that and then yeah film it, which could take a couple of hours, depending on how complicated it is. And then editing it could also take up to a couple of hours. And I just use iMovie to edit right now. Yeah, great option. Yeah, I still use iMovie as well. Uh, it's a great option for Mac. Um, it has it has some basic features, but you can still get a lot done with it. Like uh, I was talking with Cubing Encoded before. He said that he uses iMovie as well. I'm not sure if you know that. Um, oh, I didn't know that actually. Yeah, iMovie, I feel like people, when you hear iMovie, you're like, oh, that's so basic because you, know, yeah. you just have it. And it's not like Premiere or anything like that. But honestly, it gets the job done. So I use it. But I'm thinking about switching sometime just for more of the special effects for things like skits, you know? Yeah. So for iMovie, like um, it only has two video tracks. And what Cubing Coded said last time is what he does is he exports the um, video with just two tracks. And if he wants to add a third one, um, he takes the exported file from the Finder and then puts it into um, it puts it into a new project and then he adds another track so that's just a way to get around oh, it like yeah, there's some of these little things yeah that's an interesting idea i haven't thought of that before but yeah that would definitely work yep and then for um filming itself filming itself like um if you're doing an unboxing have you ever thought about doing like multiple angles or i don't know just doing other things mixing it up instead of just like sitting down and talking yeah so uh 
for right now, I only have one angle, which is just the camera right in front of me. I don't really know what two different angles would do for the unboxing. Like, I guess it would make it look a bit more fancy, but I feel like for an unboxing, you don't really need that. For something like a review, though, I do like to have two um, like videos stacked on top of each other. You know, yeah. one where I'm sort of talking and then maybe another where I'm actually doing a solve. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you do like picture in a picture in iMovie? Yeah. But yeah, as long as you get the point across in your videos, I think you do that um, pretty well in your videos, like straightforward content, because a lot of people I think a lot of people stick around for your content because they um, th they know it's entertaining and you get straight to the point. At least um, you don't really ramble that much or at least you cut it out, which is which is good, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I try not to ramble You've learned. too much. Yeah. Okay, and then that yeah, that was the last thing I just want to talk about for YouTube. But now on to like non cubing sort of things. So is it okay if we like lightly touch upon that? Yeah, sure. Okay, so non cubing hobbies. Do you have anything that you do pretty regularly for apart from cubing or YouTube? So I do really like sort of crafts and art, which is why I have this second channel that no one really knows about. It's just it's not really a channel for producing content. It's more of a channel for me so that I can look back at, you know, stuff I some art I okay. did. So I like to, you know, paint stuff or make stuff. Uh, and I also really like musical theater. About the art channel, um, do you mind sharing what that is? I'll, I'll be sure to check it out too. Yeah, it's called Crazy Crafting Carol. So it kind of uses the same pun as my cubing channel. Yeah, uh, see. I was thinking of making just like lines of, you know, CCC and just have different hobbies. But for right now, I just have two. Yeah, on the crafting channel, the, the videos are really bad, to be honest. Uh, That's all right. Yeah, I just sort of... I film myself doing whatever I really feel like, and I post whenever I feel like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if it's just for you to look back on, I think that's that's a good way to do it. If you have like some sort of, if you have like an art piece, like how would you go upon doing that? Um, so do you paint or do you like draw and use colored pencils? I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, so I don't I do like art that to much. Paint, as you could probably tell, I I did a video recently on my cubing channel where I was drawing stuff, and as you can tell, yeah, yeah. I'm not the it. greatest at drawing things. <laughs> Um, so I like to paint more abstract stuff. So I can grab like, you know, a $2 wooden box from Michael's craft store and just paint it however I feel. It could take like weeks to finish depending on when I feel like doing it. Okay. So yeah, you never really know when there's going to be a video. Okay, nice. And then um, for the uh, musical theater, I believe, um, have you ever like done or like acted in one of them like for school or anything? Or is that just a passion that you've had? Uh, yeah, I have taken musical theater classes um, before. Uh, and I also just sort of like music, musical theater is the only thing I really listen to. So, yeah, I really like it, especially after uh, Hamilton came out on Disney Plus. Oh, yeah, I, I've, I've seen part of it. Mm -hmm. It was it was really good. Yeah, it is really good. Have you gone to any Broadway shows like in live New York or anywhere? Oh, yeah. In New York, I was able to see two Broadway shows. I saw Wicked, which a lot of people know about. Yeah. And also this musical called Waitress that I really like. Yeah. Nice. I ha I'm not really a big fan of theater much. Um, I mean, everybody is different taste, I'd say. I'd say, like, I I'd say it's, it is entertaining for some people. Mm -hmm. Like, I only saw one, like a Peter Pan one, I believe, a couple years ago. Um, I mean, it was it was amazing. Like, I was I saw it, like, from the top, sort of. Like, I wasn't close at all mm -hmm. um i don't know how to describe it that much but i mean i guess it was a different experience from seeing something on video like it was live and just just seeing the people perform live it was interesting yeah, yeah. any other non-cubing hobbies or sports you play 
Uh, yeah, I do judo. It's martial art. Yeah, I've、uh, heard of that. Yeah, I did it a lot before quarantine happened. Now we can't because it's a really close contact sport. Yeah.、Uh, but yeah, I do find it pretty fun.、Uh, in terms of other sports,、uh, I like running and playing、uh, like American football. I used to play f-、uh, American football when I was younger, and we just play, you know, like two hand touch football at school because you're not allowed to tackle. Yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah, I've, I've never delved into football at all. I, I'd say it's pretty dangerous because、um, you can get pretty injured, I'd say. Yeah, you, and, you definitely can. Yeah. And then let's talk about judo a little bit.、Um, I've heard of it. I don't exactly know how it goes. Can you like, talk about that a little bit, how it works? Sure. So、uh, basically, so there's a few different categories of stuff you can learn. There's like foot sweeps, where, I mean, the only way I can describe it is you trip someone, kind of. Oh, okay. Or you, you throw your someone, leg out. Or you throw someone、uh, over your shoulder, kind of. Wow.、Uh, so, yeah, the goal is to get them on the ground and have you still be standing. And there's also、uh, what I call mat work. Basically, you pin each other on the ground. The person under it has to try and escape, and the person on top has to keep them down. Okay. So, is it sort of like a hybrid of wrestling, would you say? Yeah, definitely. You, I know a lot of people who do both because they're pretty similar. I mean, it must take a lot of strength. Like, I couldn't imagine myself, because you said one person for judo, you take a person and put it,、um, like, hold them on top of your head with, their, with your hands and then throw them down. That must take a lot of strength to do. Do you, like,、um, wait, would you, is the term wrestling? Like, would you wrestle somebody who's, like, the same weight as you around that? Or、um, I don't know how it goes. Yeah. So, I mean, it depends on, actually, it really depends on. Skill level, I would say, because you can still throw someone who's way bigger than you if you have the right technique, but it's、okay. really difficult, of course. Of course, if they're much lighter than you, you can throw them easily, but it's not all about the weight. But you definitely need to be like, you need to have strength to be able to throw bigger people. I'm just、um, fascinated by just like throwing people for some <laughs> reason. Um, so, um, how would you go upon doing that? So, If somebody's, so do you like do it when they're on the ground or you, you can do it when they're standing up? Do you like hold their body and then they like, you like twist it and then pick <laughs> yeah, them up?、So、I don't know exactly how it works. Say we're、goes. in a tournament or something. And、uh, so we, the way it starts out is you both bow to basically say, I'm not going to、yeah. kill you. And then、okay. uh, you sort of grip each other a certain way. There's a judo uniform. So、yeah. you sort of grip their uniform a certain way. And then you start fighting and you, Do anything you can really to get them on the ground. It doesn't even have to be a specific throw because obviously there's certain techniques, but as long as you get them on the ground, you, you, that's like the main goal. Yeah. And to go about throwing someone over, their shoulder, over your shoulder,、uh, there's different techniques, but you, know, you could wrap their arm around their back and you have to sort of get your hip in front of them and then just bend your knees and throw them. <laughs> and you have to learn how to fall because when you get thrown, you don't want to hit、oh, your yeah. head. Yeah, very interesting. I, I never knew that about you. I honestly wouldn't expect that, like、um, you doing judo, but I guess、um, it's, it's a good, it's an interesting hobby to have. Yeah, I, yeah. I find it pretty fun and it's just good to learn for self defense. Oh, yeah, yeah. I agree with that, definitely. Those were all the discussion points and questions I had with you,、um, for you at least right now. But on this podcast, I don't know if you listen to any of the other ones, but、um, we, I have two segments that I'm starting. Um, one of them is a would you rather segment, and the other one is a rapid fire segment. So, the would you rather segment, pretty self explanatory. I just have two of them for you today. And then, a rapid fire segment is I just ask some either or questions that I just like spam at you. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
All right, so which one would you like to start with first? Would you rather or rapid fire? Let's do the would you rather first. Would you rather? All right, so I have two of them here. One of them is cubing related and another one is non-cubing related. So you can choose which one you want to do first. Uh, let's do the cubing related first. Okay. All right. Would you rather give up cubing but still have a YouTube channel or give up cubi- or give up YouTube but still do cubing? Oh, definitely give up cubing because uh, a YouTube channel, there's so much stuff you could do. And as much as I like cubing, I do like, you know, producing YouTube more, I would say, because I can still do stuff like skits, you know? Yeah, I agree with that because um, I guess sometimes at cubing, you can get a little bit demotivated and then mm-hmm. you can't really... I guess progress with cubing as much as YouTube because with YouTube there's like AdSense I know and you can make money off of it and I guess it's just like um, a broader topic than cubing because cubing is still I'd say a little bit underdeveloped mm-hmm. um, yeah, but also, YouTube and content creations a lot more yeah um, and also I don't know how long I'm going to be cubing for but I assume when I'm you know age 40 <laughs> I probably won't be cubing that much yeah. anymore but I could still definitely be doing YouTube and, you know, documenting things in my life. Yeah, because I think at cubing at one stage, like your your coordination and I don't know how to say it, like you can't really turn the cue as fast or something. Yeah. Because I heard like at age 15 or 16, that's when you hit your peak in cubing. Like some cubers, they just like start, um, like their time start to decline a little bit and um, they can't turn as fast because um, they don't have that sort of, the I don't agility. know. Agility, yeah, you could say that, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't actually heard that before. I don't know. I just was watching some cubing video for, I think I was listening to the Monkey League or watching the Monkey League um, by Laser Monkey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that. All right, and then the non-cubing related one um, I have is, would you rather be able to see 10 minutes into your own future or 10 minutes into the future of anybody but yourself? Oh, 10 minutes into the future of anybody but me because... Okay. Uh, if there's one thing I've learned from... Okay, so I like Harry Potter a lot, something I forgot to mention. Oh, yeah. If there's anything I learned from that is that if you see the future and like try to meddle with time for yourself, you're going to screw things up. And I just oh, don't yeah. really know... I mean, 10 minutes isn't really yeah, you know, I agree. that much. For all I know... Well, I what if we... Be... Yeah, go ahead. Wait. Oh, what if we extended that to like a week? Let's say that. A week into the future. Would your opinion change or the same? Uh, I would probably be the same because I feel like once you know what's going to happen, you start like thinking about, you know, is this what's supposed to be happening? So I feel like that would just overall make me paranoid. So I'd rather just see in the future of someone else. Yeah, but like what if what if like somebody would get into a car accident in like the next week? Um, would you try to like, I don't know, save them? So if, if I looked into like, the future of yeah, someone... Yeah, somebody else. Yeah, if they were... If they were crossing the road and then a car was coming really, really fast, you would, would you like try to help them um, get out of that situation? Oh, that's interesting. See, I don't, I, I'm hesitant to say yes, because I feel like if you, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe it depends. I mean, it really depends on how much like that one action is going to change everything else that happens in life in general. But I mean... I guess so. Yeah. So I think I think the question was asking like, um, would you be able to see it? Like, I don't think you can go into the future and change it, but like you would know ahead of time. So. Oh, so you're saying okay. Yeah. 
because because I know that if you like go into if you like hypothetically go into the future, mm-hmm. then and you like change something, then it'll change what the past is like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's some sort of like paradox there that I'm not so sure about, but um, but if you were to know ahead of time. So, like, if I were to see something bad happen to me or something bad happen to someone else. Yeah. Would you try to, like, change it in the present, I guess? Uh, oh, that's tough. Probably not, honestly. Yeah, I also, mean... I wouldn't really know what to do. Like, I guess I could, if I was, if, like, right now I looked in the future and saw that I was going to get hit by a car, I mean, I guess my solution is to just look before i cross the street i don't know <laughs> okay all right yeah thank you for your input for that um that's inter- that's interesting like i just pulled this off of a website mm-hmm. um i never i didn't think we'd go this in depth um, about this question but um now on to the the next segment i have it's called rapid fire so like i said before um the first guest on this season for the podcast parker traeger he said that he won the intro music for rapid fire to be opera music so have you ever listened to opera music before um i've heard it i'm not really a big fan of it though i think i listened to that in like general music class at school before um i wasn't really interested in it like they talked about um like back then how they used to do it in like like europe countries like we listened to it in like german or something i'm not exactly sure does that like do you think that has any parallels to like musical theater opera i mean actually i have heard some people say that they're similar but I mean, I, I prefer musical theater. <laughs> Rapid Fire. So are you ready? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. All right. Okay, let's start. All right. And you're going to answer these as fast as you can. Okay. Okay. All right. Mac or PC? Mac. TikTok or Instagram? Instagram. Dog or cat? Dog. Okay. iOS or Android? iOS. Big cubes or side events? Side events. Okay. Got it. So, um, I don't know if that beats our record quite yet. I might have to time that, but basically every single week for all the guests, I time it um, to see who has the fastest rapid fire Oh, it was um, a responses. race? Well, well I, didn't, I, I wasn't going to tell you that before. But oh, okay. Yeah. So, I think Parker got 16 seconds. Asher, um, Asher Kim McGeerick, I don't know if you know him, but he got nine seconds, I believe. Um, I'll often time it, but I'm not sure. Oh, I, I just try to make it. If I knew it was a race, I wasn't. I wouldn't have hesitated so much on dog or cat. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> I mean, it's just for entertainment pur- purposes. It's not like it's not like um, like a big competition or anything. But let's just go over some of your answers here, I guess. Um, so the Mac and PC and iOS and Android question are like sort of similar. So I guess we'll combine them there. So you chose Mac and iOS. I guess that's sort of self-explanatory. You use Mac for editing and you have an iPhone as well. So have you ever considered switching to PC or Android devices? Oh, um, yeah. I mean, Apple, to be honest, is like kind of confusing and kind of stupid if you ask me. It just happens to be what I have. Yeah. I mean, it's it seems a lot more high quality, but the price, a lot of people are saying it's overpriced. Would you agree with that, or I don't know your opinion? Um, but, yeah, I would say it's pretty overpriced. Yeah, they're coming out with. Um, have you heard iOS fourteen? I don't know if you no, like, I haven't. talk about like the tech and all that stuff, but, but like you can add widgets to your phone. Um, so that's so, 
like I I'm a personal personally I'm an Android user. I have a Samsung Galaxy S9 Plus, and widgets are basically like um, it can show the weather on your home screen like the actual like a little icon like maybe a two by two icon on your home screen and it just like refreshes every couple minutes or so yeah i did hear about that but everyone was saying that android or something already had that feature yeah but like apple it's good that apple's integrating some of those things now yeah yeah all right and then tiktok or instagram you said instagram do you have tiktok at all tiktok is stupid (laughs) yeah i agree with that i don't have it at all um I guess I guess it's sort of blowing up, but have you heard on the news? I don't I don't I haven't like looked into it, but they're talking about like the government suing it or something. Oh yeah, know. they were trying to ban it, but I mean ban that's it, not yeah. gonna happen. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a strong platform now. Um I don't, a lot of people are posting on it. I don't like there's even cubers on there too. Oh really? I haven't heard of any cubers yeah. on there, but I don't get it. <laughs> I just find it really cringy. Yeah, people just like dance to music and all that. Um it's just funny things like um there's there's some people who do cubing tiktoks too like people just solving it really fast or doing it blindfolded in like a couple seconds like memorizing the scramble and all that i don't know i've just seen some of that like but um i feel like tiktok you can get a lot more views because there's some people who can get like 10 mil or something 10 10 million views in only like a couple days and when they just started tiktok because i know there's a couple of people who did that yeah, I know TikTok is sort of, I think it's popular because it's a combination of, if you remember Musical.ly, that app that was around for oh, yeah. like a little bit, and Vine, which that. died. Yeah. Yeah, Musical.ly, I think that was like, um, I think it transformed into TikTok. Yeah. Or I think they TikTok bought it, I'm not sure. I don't remember exactly. Okay, um, interesting response there. And now dog or cat. So I forgot, what was your answer for that? I said dog, but I hesitated a lot. <laughs> It's all right. Um, do you have any pets at home? I don't. Okay. So is there any reason you said dog? Um, or like, what's your reasoning? I know there's like a huge debate over dog or cat. If I had a pet, it would be cat because it can kind of deal with itself on its own. Yeah. Uh, but dog, I guess, is more playful. So it get to, I guess it kind of depends on the situation. Yeah, I feel like you can do a lot, a lot more with dogs. Like, um, you can train it, teach them tricks. Like with a cat, they just are independent. They just walk around and uh, lick, the, lick themselves and yeah. go to the bathroom and all that. Yeah, I have a dog personally myself. Um, recently, we've been teaching. Recently, we've been teaching him how to like roll over or like um, give a high five and all that. So I guess I guess they're a little bit more playful. Um, like we run around. Like my brother and I, we run around with him in their backyard and all that so I, th- I think a dog is playful but do you ever plan on getting a pet or anything um probably not because it's like a lot of work to take care of you know uh yeah if i were to get a pet i mean i guess it could be a cat but or it could be you know something easier to take care of like a turtle a fish <laughs> yeah a fish or your fish yeah i mean it's, it's commitment for a dog or a cat especially because you have to well a dog especially you have to take them on walks or um, get them food pay the vet pay the vet bill and stuff like that yeah yeah all right and the last rapid fire question we can discuss here is big cubes or side events so you chose side events so do you want to explain your reason for that so i don't really like big cubes that much i find them just kind of boring in general because it's it's so repetitive and you know i find it more interesting for a side event because there's there's sort of a different type of solution for each one uh, I don't even like 4x4 yeah. that much, to be honest. I agree with that. Um, side events, there's a lot more vari- variety, and there's more side events than there are 
uh, big cubes because big cubes can take a long time and side events a lot of them are really quick like pyraminks and skube they're really quick like if you've seen some people they can uh, be, do pyraminks and skube like sub three seconds most of the time yeah yeah i've seen that but personally for me i'd actually be on the other side of the fence i'd be on big cubes um i just feel like um there's they're more versatile and you can do more with it and like they're sort of i'd say interchangeable like in, in a sense like if you're really good at seven by seven then you'll be good at six five four so something like that because like there's like the same principles um there's centers edges and then three by three stage stuff like that but i guess side events um it shows a lot of dedication if you're really good at side events yeah, yeah. i i see what you're saying about big cubes but what i think is interesting is that we kind of have the same thoughts about them but we have opposite opinions so you yeah. said if you know how to do seven by seven, then you'll probably know how to do six by six, five by five, all the way down. But yeah. to me, that's what I don't find interesting because, you know, oh. if I know how to do seven by seven, that's great. But I should probably like learn something else, you know? Yeah, I guess I guess it can get boring at sometimes. Like for me personally, I can't do like more than five seven by seven solves in one sitting because it takes such a long time. Yeah. And yeah, stuff like that. Um but side events, you can just spam practice, and I guess it, it teaches you to be a little bit more accurate with side events because I guess one small mistake, like for example in Pyraminx, let's say you um, accidentally turn a tip at the last sec at the last second, or you lock up a little bit, that can cost you quite a bit of time there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially at the high level. But yeah, um, that was all the rapid fire questions I had and would you rather questions. So um, before we actually wrap up this podcast, is there anything you want to mention um, in this podcast or anything you would like to discuss? Um, I mean, so one thing that I feel like a lot of people talk about, uh, but I guess I feel like I could mention is, of I guess, the future of speed cubing, mm, uh, yeah. sort of where people think things are going to go. Yeah. Uh, it's a broad topic. Yeah, so right now, what, world record for 3x3 three three is like 3.4 something seconds. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't really know where we're going to go with that, you know, because it's going to be near impossible to beat, especially mm. for the younger kids who are starting out cubing. Yeah. Because, like, when I started, and I think when you started too, was it Colin Burns 5.25, like around there? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean that was that was ridiculous. But now with three point four seven, that's like you have to get really really lucky. Now I feel like a lot of people are thinking, I guess single is more luck based now. Definitely a lot more luck based because it was just, he had an anti suit I think for last player. Oh okay, um, yeah. yeah. One thing I don't know if this would be possible, but yeah, I don't know if this would work. But what if they took all the sort of current world records and stuff, and then just sort of like set those aside and then reset it but then only let a certain like age range of kids oh. try to break it because i mean if you okay. keep letting these like world-class speed cubers compete then really the people who are like age seven starting out cubing really aren't going to be able to get anywhere yeah i see that like people can some people can get demotivated i guess because they're not really getting anywhere yeah or i was thinking like um you know, like how there's like different divisions in different sports, like maybe in cubing, you could have a division for kids, maybe like ages 10 and under or 12 and under or something like that. And or then then kids uh, or people 13 to 18, something like that, like divisions like age group, because I feel like sometimes it's unfair. Yeah, I think that's that sort of work. sense at competitions. Yeah. 
But at the same time, there are people who are extremely fast who are younger now, like Leo Borromeo, mm-hmm. who's really fast. I think he's 12 or 13 now, and he's he averages like sub-7 on 3 by 3 Yeah, but I, I think the age division things could work. I mean, except for the few exceptions like you mentioned. Yeah, but I mean, I th- it'll definitely make a, a fair playing field there um, with the age divisions, yeah. And then with the um, advancements of cubing at the same time, have you seen the new documentary, The Speed Cubers, on Netflix? Oh, I haven't. I've been wanting to watch it. I actually don't have Netflix, so I'd have to borrow it from someone. But I am interested because I know a lot of people like it a lot. Yeah, it's a great documentary. It was just walking through the process of the world world championships. I won't spoil anything at all, but it it was really, really great. Yeah, just one other thing. You you sort of reminded me when you mentioned how, like, high-tech cubes are getting. So when I started, like oh, yeah. you mentioned, we yeah. didn't have magnets. And I don't even know if stickerless cubes were legal. I don't think they were. Yeah, I don't yet. think so. So, yeah, you know, stuff like, you know, all the boron-treated cubes. There's, like, a lot of crazy tech stuff that's happening that's making yeah. cubes really fast. So that's another reason I feel like younger kids, like, they're going to have good cubes, but so is everyone else. So, yeah, I think we need yeah. to find a way to give them more opportunities yeah, I mean, with the smart cubes nowadays, they're advancements in the cubing world now because, like, the the Gicker cube was the first one, I believe, and now, like, the GAN I, the GAN, the GAN cubes, and then, I don't know, now there's, like, a Rubik's one that's magnetic as well. So stuff like that, like, helps you track your TPS, what solutions you do. Like, I think it teaches you, like, what you could do better. You can race people, stuff like that. Uh, I haven't personally invested in any of those because... I feel like just having a regular three by three and just learning on your own instead of having like something else tell you, like you should figure out how to do it yourself. That sort of sense. Do you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I do agree with what you said about like the boron treated cubes back then. That was a pretty big advancement. I think that was about like three, four years ago, maybe mm-hmm. boron treated cubes. And when like the cubicle was offering like the premium service, still it's still the premium service is really cool now. Um, they have like they branched off to a different like all these different lines. But have you personally tested like any premium cubes that were really really good in your opinion? Um, let me think. Oh, they're so they're so hard to keep track of sometimes because of the amount of like cubes that are being produced. Uh, recently I reviewed a whole line of premium Maylongs, which was pretty fun because I really like the Maylong cube. Yeah. Uh, but. One thing I did notice is that they all are very similar, obviously, because they're the same cube. So, yeah. I mean, I can't think of one that particularly stood out, but I did like just the regular cubicle premium one. Yeah, and they're budget cubes, right? Yeah. So, like, and they're magnetic as well. So, how much are they again? Oh, they're like $15 at most. Wow. That's impressive. Um, especially for nowadays, because, like, there's GAN cubes now that are like $60. Right. Yeah, that's um, crazy. Yeah, the, the price price has gone up a lot because I remember a couple years ago, like in like 2015, 2016, that, like a cube that was like $30 was pretty expensive back then. Yeah. Okay, so I guess this sort of wraps it up. Any Anything else you would like to mention about the podcast or anything? Uh, I think that's it. All right. So um, thank you so much. Crazy Cuban Carol. Carol, thank you for coming on the podcast. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, this was really fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'll be sure to plug your YouTube and Instagram in the show notes or anything else you want me to plug. Uh, No, that's it. Thank you. All right. Once again, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, Hope you have a great day and hope to talk to you soon. Bye. All right. See you.
that wraps up episode five of the cubes of saturday's podcast if you're listening up to this point in the podcast you're a real one thank you so much for listening up until this point and be sure to check out the other episodes if you haven't already i'm gonna have other conversations with other cubers coming out in the future and then one other thing I just want to talk about here is I feel like this podcast is helping my public speaking a lot more because like I used to be a really shy person and not talk a lot and I feel like this has definitely helped me out a lot and I had a lot of ums and pauses in this but in the future I'm going to work on scripting it a little bit better and also just having my words be a little bit more fluid in the podcast if you get what I mean. But that's all I had for this one guys. Be sure to rate the podcast and comment down below in the YouTube comment section if that is where you're viewing the podcast. But that's all I have for this one guys. You guys know to do be sure to comment rate and also subscribe to the podcast and i'll see you guys next week on the cube stuff saturdays podcast happy cubing peace